0: a beautiful actress was suddenly dead. Rumors circled about what caused it. Was it drugs, her diet, or did she die at the hands of someone she trusted? Then suddenly, another death. Just months later, her husband died under suspiciously similar circumstances. Was this all an unfortunate coincidence or was a single culprit to blame? This week's episode is Brittany Murphy, part two. I feel bad. We got a lot of DMs about other Britney Murphy movies that we didn't mention. Oh, okay. She she, she had too many hits. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Riding in Cars with Boys, things like that. So I apologized. (laughs) To I'm a a super fan of Clueless, so to me that's like I've never seen Drop Dead
1: Gorgeous or
0: did I see Riding in Cars with Boys?
1: No, I don't think I did. I'm confusing that with um that
0: movie with drew barrymore isn't i thought that boys that on the it? side I don't, boys on the side is drew barrymore one um i did go on a clueless we also got a tons of dms that people were, were re-watching clueless and i got finally found on amazon my clueless novelization called an american betty in paris i did not buy it because it was like ten dollars <laughs> you and probably I, still have it somewhere i i guarantee it's at my mom's house i just have to Uh, post corona i can go over there and try to find it or have her find it and put it on the porch for me or something but it's there
1: well we'll have to revisit Brittany murphy's catalog her whole collection yeah just have a uh, i mean we have time i have seen don't say a word i've seen and the um girl interrupted i've seen
0: Mm-hmm. those are i think i girl interrupted was a novel too yeah, right yeah i think, I think I've, I've read, read i think i've
1: read it also yeah angelina jolie yeah. was in that Mm-hmm. maybe a writer can't remember if she so. was in it someone like that yeah it's kind of heavy and yeah. don't say a word i don't remember a lot of but i remember Is that thinking, michael douglas yeah that was also a novel too i believe Mm-hmm. so she did a lot uh gone too soon no argument sure. there well, this week we're going to be talking about the strange, coincidental death of her husband that happened just almost five months to the day after she died. And the mm-hmm. theories surrounding both of their deaths and, you know, there's a lot of theories out there. The Internet's good for one thing. It's theories. <laughs> exactly. It has no shortage hear. of theories.
0: Because we decided to do the topic, and I thought, well, you know, we'll talk about, you know, the stuff that was kind of in the mainstream rumors. And then I got down some some wild trails. So a lot of accusations, familial
1: accusations, too. So if you haven't listened to part one, I would suggest you go back and do that so this one makes even more sense. Put it all together. Put it all together. Yes. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. After Brittany's death, rumors circulated about the quality of her marriage to Simon. Some people brought up his past criminal convictions, evictions, and trouble with money as a sign that he took advantage of the starlet. The list of Simon's infractions, according to E, included two warrants for his arrest in Virginia for alleged credit card theft and fraud, an unpaid $6,087 legal bill, a $502,910 judgment against him by a British investment firm, being evicted from four different homes and being jailed in 2007 for overstaying his tourist
0: visa. It makes me think of the Blues Brothers where it's like, you're a rash all over the criminal justice system. I mean, he had he's a lot going civil, on. criminal, evictions, debts. He also
1: owed a lot of people money for investing in various creative projects, including his mother, who dumped tens of thousands of dollars into films. And she said, Mm-mm. he always promised to pay me back, but he never could. And, you know... Of course, Mm -hmm. she's not going to go after him for stuff, but yeah, he owed a lot of people, a lot of money all over town and
0: um, nobody really ever saw it. Conjax strikes me as the type that's like, I just need, just give me five more grand. That's all I need. I promise this is going to be the big one. I'm going to double it like on the office. Would you rather have $500 now or $10,000 in six months? It's like the money now. I don't, I don't want to bet on your crap. Simon felt the need to defend himself, and soon after his wife's death, in an interview with Radar Online, Simon said, I think the biggest misconception is that I was living off my wife, Brittany. (laughs) Forgive me, but people don't seem to want to hear it. I was paying the bills. Brittany was making these god-awful films that went straight to DVD, so horrible that she wanted to kill herself. You still get paid for straight-to-DVD films? (laughs) For sure, and you still get residuals, I'm guessing, off of the- you know, when they- play your film on TV and all that stuff. And also, let's not besmirch the name of your dead wife suddenly when your manhood is called into question.
1: Simon and his mother-in-law continued living in the $3.5 million mansion in the Hollywood Hills together after Brittany's death, with Sharon even sleeping next to Simon in the same bed he and Brittany had once shared. Though there was some talk of a possible mold problem in the house, Simon had a, quote, well-respected company, come and check the house out for possible fungus a few months before Brittany passed away, according to CNN. The company assured Simon that the house was safe to live in. Linda Bonjack was terribly concerned about her son's well-being. She had watched him deteriorate over the past five months via Skype calls. From the moment Simon had told Linda about Brittany's death, she had offered to fly to Los Angeles to be with him. However, Simon put off the visit, telling his mother he didn't want her to see him in his current miserable state and to wait a few weeks until he was feeling better.
0: She also talked about how he was really declining physically, that he was always kind of like a big guy, but in the last few months, he was like a bloated Yeah, he bloated blo- he up, Which, uh,
1: prescription drugs will do that to you. Yeah. Eventually, the two agreed to meet in New York on April 28th, according to the Daily Mail. Sadly, however, the reunion would never happen. The weekend before Simon was scheduled to make the trip, he fell desperately ill. Linda told the Daily Mail that the day before her son died, he called her, saying, Mom, I made it through the night. I'm alive. Linda knew something was terribly wrong and felt utterly helpless being 6,000 miles away. Over the next few hours, she repeatedly phoned her son to check on him. During their conversation, Simon could barely speak. He slurred his words and would ramble incoherently. Linda told the Daily Mail,
0: I wanted to reach out to him, to grab him, to hear him in that state on the other end of the telephone, on the other side of the world. Tore my heart out. There's no worse feeling than such helplessness for a mother. I mean, you probably just feel like, you know, you want to hold your baby, even though he's an older baby. You know, he's in his forties or whatever. Sure,
1: they're always your baby, no matter how old they get. Yeah. Fearing the worst, Linda demanded to speak to Sharon, desperate to get her son some help. According to Linda, however. Sharon refused to take Simon to the hospital, saying instead that she had been through all this before and that the worst was behind Simon. Sharon also expressed hesitancy in calling an ambulance because she didn't want paparazzi coming to the house. Sharon and her publicist, however, both deny these claims, saying that she did everything she could to save her beloved son-in-law. Well, if she's been through this before, I don't think that ended real well. No, don't do the same thing again. The results were very bad the first time. Yeah. A frantic Linda phoned her son again at 4 a.m. Sharon informed her that Simon had vomited up a black substance and that his eyes had been rolling around in his head. When Linda asked if her son was unconscious, she claimed Sharon reassured her that he was just
0: sleeping. Okay, at that point, call a fucking ambulance. I know. I was just wondering. You know, I guess you, if you're in the UK, could I guess call the not nine one one, but maybe call like a a local number. You know, like with an LA area. I code would call nine one
1: one. I would.
0: I mean, well, even if your kid's out, of I would call. Well, I mean, if something. you're in England, I mean, you'd have to be like, hey, please transfer me. But yeah. you know what I mean. Like she could call on the behalf and say, hey, I know there's an emergency going on here. Definitely. Not that it was her fault, but that's. No, I, I had the done. same
1: thought, too. I was wondering, at some point, you got to take matters into your own hands if the person that's right there isn't doing it. Mm-hmm. On May 23, 2010, only three hours after reassuring his mother on the phone, Sharon found her son-in-law unresponsive in the master bedroom. She finally called an ambulance.
0: My son-in-law, he stopped breathing. I'm the only one here. She explained that
1: he snored and he stopped breathing with fluid bubbling out of his mouth she confirmed that simon was still warm though his mouth was shut and she was unable to open it sharon told the dispatcher that when she put her ear up to simon's mouth she felt that he could be breathing a little bit but she couldn't actually feel anything while sharon waited for help to arrive the 911 operator walked her through chest compressions and cpr tragically her efforts were not successful and simon monjack was pronounced dead at the scene at 7 a.m., Linda Monjack received the phone call that is every parent's worst nightmare. Sharon was sobbing hysterically and told her that Simon was gone. Linda told the Daily Mail,
0: I cannot describe the pain. As a mother, you do not expect to outlive your child. It was without a doubt the worst moment of my life. And believe me, there's been a lot of competition for that accolade.
1: Yeah, that's, a uh, man... It is every parent's worst. It's anybody's worst nightmare to hear that, especially when you were walking through this with him and you knew something was wrong and you're trying to get him help. Mm-hmm. And how frustrating
0: that you're like, Sharon, call a fucking ambulance, dude! Like, what are you doing here? You're gonna call one sooner or later. You're gonna have to call one. And unfortunately, quote unquote, I've been through this before. And she repeated the past. Yeah, she did the same thing over and had the same result. Also, from Sharon's perspective. I would think
1: having just lost your daughter five months before in a Mm -hmm. similar situation, wouldn't you be like, oh, my God, not again. I'll do anything I can to save him. But instead, Mm -hmm. you're concerned that the paparazzi is going to show up at your house. Who cares? The paparazzi is really going to show up at your house when the freaking coroner shows up and
0: is taking him out in a body bag. For real. I mean, that's what the weird thing is that you would think she would say, "Okay, well, shit. Last time. Brittany was in and out of consciousness. I might as well just go ahead and call now and make sure the same thing doesn't happen. Some theories would say she did that on purpose. Mm. But that's one would think that you would say, "Okay, well, last time this happened, I did X. I'm going to do the opposite now and try to undo the past. Yep. Days later,
1: Linda would discover a chilling recording on her son's cell phone, one of the few possessions she was able to retrieve from the Hollywood mansion. The recording, apparently made by Simon, was made mere hours before her son's death. On it, Simon can be heard saying that he is sick and needs to go to the hospital. In the background, Sharon can be heard saying that he is running a temperature of 104 degrees and should tell the doctor. Upon hearing this, Linda was confused and left with even more questions surrounding her son's death. Why did he record this conversation? Why didn't Sharon get him the help he so desperately needed? Grief-stricken, Linda couldn't help but wonder if Simon was trying to send her a message from beyond the grave.
0: She did say he was kind of incoherent and maybe didn't know what he was doing. And if he thought he hit call versus yeah. record or something.
1: And you see someone suffering in front of you that can't even use a telephone because they're so sick. That Again, that is when you make that call to the doctor. If you know he's running a 104-degree fever, which is crazy high. Mm-hmm. Your your brain's boiling at that point. Make the call for him. What's that? I don't unless you're all fucked up on pills, too, that you just can't be bothered. I don't. It's just it's very frustrating. It's hard not to be angry with her in this situation.
0: For sure. And again, like I said in the last episode, they're rich people. There are doctors that will come to your house. So you don't have to have an ambulance come or a paparazzi. He'll drive up in a Mercedes. Nobody will know who it is. And come Mm -hmm. behind your gate and nope it's all secret. But he'll then he gets in there and goes, oh, shit, you have 104 fever. You need to go to the hospital. Desperate for answers,
1: Linda gave the phone to Assistant Chief Ed Winter at the L.A. Coroner's office. Winter had overseen the investigation into Brittany's death and was now in charge of Simon's investigation. Winter both listened to the recording and subsequently interviewed Sharon Murphy,
0: telling the Daily Mail, it sounds like Simon on the phone and Sharon is with him. I believe that he was trying to call a doctor, but there was no discussion about calling an ambulance. Simon said he was sick and needed to go to the hospital. Seems he was trying to book an appointment. Winter went on to say, Initially, we suspected that Sharon was not trying to help, but you can hear her in the background saying that Simon should tell the doctor that he had a temperature of 104 degrees. Despite possible efforts to help, though, Winter admits, What I will say about Brittany, Simon, and Sharon is that when they were ill, they decided they could treat themselves rather than seek medical help.
1: These decisions had now resulted in two bizarre and tragic deaths that by all accounts seemed preventable. Seems like it. I gotta say, is she really trying to help? If she's just in the background saying you should tell the doctor you have 104 degree temperature...
0: I, I mean, guess
1: he, at least she's she's not saying put the phone down. No, but I don't think she was making an active concerted effort to really do everything she could. Any not any most reasonable people, if your loved one is laying there incoherent and rambling and has been sick for days and running a one hundred and four degree fever. You're calling an ambulance or you're putting him in a car and driving him to a hospital or something. ASAP. If they're
0: slurring, slurring the speech and speaking incoherently, I would immediately go, oh, my God, what if you're having a neurological event? Let's get you somewhere. What if you're having a stroke?
1: Or I also just witnessed this happen five months ago, so we're not even going to take any chances with this. I don't know. Well, She
0: said his head was lolling back and his eyes were rolling in his head and stuff. And you're like stuff like none of what it's not like he had a little bit of a you know the sniffles it's he was having like significant like consciousness problems yeah. like he he couldn't even sit up he couldn't speak stuff like that it's like don't fuck with that Mm-mm. it could be nerves it could be a stroke it could be something take take him in yep while it was initially suspected that simon died from cardiac
1: arrest the coroner eventually ruled that his death resulted from pneumonia the same cause of death his wife had suffered months earlier. At the time of his death, Simon was suffering from significant health issues, including heart disease, described as a leaky heart, liver disease, and was epileptic and had a history of seizures. He was taking countless prescription drugs and had gained a significant amount of weight in the months since Brittany's death.
0: Yeah, he was not doing well. No, he wasn't the
1: picture of health. While Linda Monjack and Sharon Murphy were completely distraught over the loss of another loved one, other family members were less bothered, with some even calling Simon's death
0: a blessing,
1: according to the Daily Mail. Tony Bertolotti, Brittany's half-brother, was especially vocal, exclaiming to the
0: mail, That's two people that have died living in that house within six months. When are people going to open their eyes about what's going on? While the L.A.
1: County coroner ruled both Brittany and Simon's death as accidental, there were, and still remain, vocal proponents of the theory that neither death was an accident, but were in fact caused by someone, namely, Brittany's mother, Sharon. Dun, dun, dun. While you're at the scene of two heinous deaths. Yeah, and somehow, as we'll see, they all kind of had the same lifestyle, but she was mm-hmm. the only one that didn't meet her end yeah she's the only one that walked away yes at the forefront of these accusations was none other than britney's estranged father angelo bertolotti in 2014 days after threatening to sue lifetime for what he considered to be a tacky and tasteless biopic of his daughter's life angelo gave a startling interview to the examiner bluntly saying
0: sharon murphy should be interviewed and investigated first and foremost Let her explain why she had my daughter execute a will, leaving everything to her mother, and specifically excluding Simon. Let Sharon explain why she decided to do this right after Brittany and Simon told her of their plan to move to New York and have a baby. Let Sharon clarify how she was planning to support herself for the first time in decades once Brittany moved away. Let her talk about auctioning off Brittany's underwear, her passport, SAG card, and her clothes. There are many unanswered questions that have to be addressed. Out of three people living together in the same house, only one survives and benefits financially.
1: I mean. It's pretty damning. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to say there's three sides to every story. Yours, theirs, and the truth. Mm -hmm. So somewhere, you know, she, as we'll see, comes out and disputes these claims. But it is. A proven fact, she sold her da- her dead daughter's stuff
0: on websites yeah. to make money, which is mm-hmm. yikesies. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, granted, not often, it's not uncommon for ex-spouses to have bad things to say about no, one another. No, and they had a very,
1: very contentious, bitter relationship, and they did not try to hide
0: it. And after even, you know, even if he sent financial money or she, Brittany apparently would talk to him on the phone and stuff, Sharon to the outside world would say, oh, he's a deadbeat. He's never around. He never did anything for her, or whatever. So he's not getting you know credit, I guess. So he may feel a little excluded. And then she dies and he's not allowed to kind of be a part of the investigation and mm-hmm. figure out what happened.
1: Well, these accusations came a year after Angelo commissioned an independent lab report to analyze Brittany's hair. The results indicated a high amount of heavy metals in her system that her father believed implicated a third-party outside actor, and further convinced Angelo that Brittany's death was not an accident, saying, "Uh, I have a feeling that there was definitely a murder situation here. He's coming out with it. (laughs) Yeah, he, like we said in the first one, he didn't make any apologies or try and keep secret that he was involved in the mob. He was not he was not a man to mince words. He (laughs) if you wanted to know how Angelo Bertolotti felt, you were going to know he did not. Mm -hmm. He wore his heart on his sleeve. Unsurprisingly, Sharon Murphy vehemently denied these accusations, publicly claiming that the lab her ex-husband reportedly used for these results was nothing more than a shoddy Internet site and that the results were falsified. Still, there are those that believe that Brittany was, in fact, poisoned and offer an explanation other than a greedy and desperate mother. In 2008, Brittany's friend, Customs and Border Protection Officer Julia Davis, was a whistleblower for the Department of Homeland Security. Davis claims her family was under constant government surveillance by airplanes, helicopters, and on foot. In February of 2010, Brittany was set to appear as a witness to testify on behalf of Julia in the proceedings against Homeland Security. Because of Brittany's willingness to assist her, Julia believes that Brittany and
0: Simon were stalked, surveilled, targeted, and killed. That was this was one where I came across it and I was like, well, never heard that before. But I think this one's of all the theories. This is the one I
1: consider to be the most far fetched. Mm -hmm. And what was she whistleblowing about?
0: I believe that it was it had something to do with she was an officer and she was being told to let people through that were on a list that you weren't supposed to let through. So almost like a conspiracy that, oh, the government wants certain bad actors to come in and, you know, do you know acts of terrorism or something like that. That's like kind of state sponsored or whatever. So she mentioned something to her upper, you know, supervisors and then was accused, of course, of like making it up and being hysterical and being a conspiracy theorist. So there is a whole I could not get a hold of a copy of it. There exists somewhere a documentary that this woman has made about her journey and that Britney was going to be a character witness for her. Britney's mom and camp said she was literally just going to come in and be like, I know her. She's a friend. She doesn't lie. It's not like Britney had insider knowledge into the government wrongdoing. But according to Julia Davis, that britney was gonna blow the lid off the investigation and that the fact that simon and she were very sure that helicopters were flying over and that they needed 24 hour uh, a person 24 hour security guard that they had cameras everywhere was proof that there actually was some kind of government action happening and that it wasn't paparazzi it wasn't stalkers it was really apparently the gov- the customs and border protection was coming to get mm-hmm. well that's a lot to unpack You know, even if someone has a fleshed out conspiracy, it doesn't mean it's true. It just means they put a lot of thought into it. Oh, I
1: mean, there's a lot of conspiracies that on paper, you're like, this could make sense. and then, (laughs) But then once you listen to someone actually talk about it, you're like, oh, you're just unhinged. Like, what? You got an (laughs) active imagination. (laughs) At the time of her death, Brittany was suffering from abdominal pains and difficulty breathing leading both Julia and Brittany's father, Angelo, to believe Brittany was deliberately poisoned. Of the heavy metals in her system, barium was found, which can be found in common rat poison and is highly toxic to humans.
0: So that was one theory was that somebody was sneaking her rat poisoning somehow. So in Julia's theory, did
1: did someone from the government sneak into their Hollywood mansion where they have
0: 24-7 security? And poison her food? I believe that is correct. Huh. I don't know if it was her food, but somehow poisoned somehow her. Somehow poisoned introduced, her. Introduced rat poison or barium into her system. Yes. I mean, I don't put anything past the government,
1: quite frankly. <laughs> but it seems like that would be... Unless the government got to Sharon or the security yeah. guard and they were... in mm-hmm. it was bigger than we even know. It seems like that the- would be very difficult to do. And also... Again, she doesn't really seem like she's that crucial in whatever
0: type of case was about to go down. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't think she was. Like I yeah. said, she. I mean, you see that in trials. It's someone who's literally a character witness who has nothing to do with the incident at hand. Who, when someone's propensity for telling the truth or lying is comes comes into question you say hey this i could say hello i'm heather christy's known me since 2016 christy you know what do you know about heather does she cheat on her taxes does she lie does she make stuff up does she cheat on her spouse stuff like that you know they can ask about your personality right. and you know things you've done in the past another skeptic dr cyril wecht
1: a high-profile forensic pathologist told e-news I had questions
0: initially, and those questions remained. Wecht went on to say, If the coroner wanted to dispute or reject those lab results, their duty and responsibility is to investigate, and those authorities look into that. The autopsy makes no mention of heavy metals, and, as I recall, the toxicology performed by the L.A. coroner's office showed no sign of high metals either. The L.A. coroner's office disputed Dr. Wecht's claims, however, telling E! News... The only thing they found was heavy metals present, but I guess either our folks or the doctor explained to him it was due to Brittany coloring her hair. It was determined it was from color. She wasn't poisoned, and we stand by the cause of death. She died from over-the-counter medicines, pneumonia, and anemia. So the L.A. coroner did check her hair mm-hmm. and saw heavy metals.
1: So Dr. Wax, kind of, I mean, it's pretty easy to check. I don't know why you would go on record saying they didn't. They didn't check that when they clearly did. It makes him like seem goes, a little less credible. As I recall, it's like, could you check your notes?
0: You're being interviewed. <laughs> or
1: do a Should Google search. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Y'all probably have some kind of database where all that shit is stored.
0: The coroner's office is like, I don't know what to tell you, man. We checked it. And she did. I mean, she kept her hair. There was hair dye in the bathroom, you know, on the videos of the, you know, taking the videos yeah. of what's on the countertop. And she was a brunette. She had blonde hair. Like, yes. Her hair was definitely dyed. Absolutely. Forensic
1: pathologist Dr. Richard Shepard from the show Autopsy also believes that the heavy metals in Brittany's hair were from hair dyes. And while Brittany's autopsy showed that she suffered from anemia so severe that her red blood cell count was 75% lower than it should have been, a possible side effect of heavy metal poisoning, Shepard believes this may be explained by Brittany's menstruation, as she reportedly suffered from long, heavy periods, which can cause anemia like hers. I've had friends that were anemic because they had really heavy periods, so that mm-hmm. definitely can happen. I mean, you have multiple forensic pathologists and coroners saying, We checked her hair. We are not disputing the fact there are heavy metals in it. However, these are commonly found when people dye their hair a lot, which she know mm-hmm. which we know she did. I think that's a reasonable explanation for it.
0: For the yeah, the barium or the heavy metal, the mm-hmm. toxicity, stuff like that. Yeah. And she she Her periods were so – because that, that was her family or her dad's side of the family kind of said, well, you know, barium poisoning can cause anemia, you know, significant anemia. Her periods were so bad that she had to be prescribed prescription medication yeah. to handle it. So that's, that's bad. Mm-hmm. That can cause that anemia. Substantiated mostly by the media,
1: other theories surrounding the young Starlet's death involved those of drug addiction and eating disorders. Claims of anorexia had followed Brittany ever since her transformation after Clueless. However, on the show Autopsy, Dr. Shepard debunked the idea that Brittany could have died from anorexia. Her autopsy indicated that based on the reports he read, She was slim, normally muscular, not excessively thin. In addition, nothing in her autopsy indicated that she suffered from anorexia. Rumors of drug abuse also plagued Brittany for most of her career. Her mom Sharon told the Today Show that Brittany was diagnosed with a heart murmur as a teenager, and as a result...
0: She never did any
1: drugs ever. Dr. Shepard also confirmed that the toxicology report following her autopsy showed no sign of recreational drug use, including heroin or cocaine. Interestingly, the autopsy also showed no sign of issues with Brittany's heart, with Dr. Shepard calling Brittany's heart... Entirely normal.
0: This was a interesting theory that they had because... And they have a psychologist on the show talking about what effect you have, what effect it has on a person when they're a young teenager, 15 or whatever. And their mom tells them, you have a heart condition. And if you do any drugs or take anything, it could, your heart could explode. You're going to get, you get sick easily. And the psychological effects of being like, quote unquote, frail, where she really didn't have a heart murmur or anything in her last, you know, waning months or weeks or whatever, she definitely was ill and was being medicated improperly. So she really was frail. But for most, she wasn't like, like they said, she wasn't really on drugs that were recreational. And she wasn't actually anorexic. So she was in theory, like a healthy person, but being told repeatedly, you're super frail, you have to be careful, you we need to take care of you, Simon has to take care of you I have to take care of you you can't take care of yourself what psychological effect that would have on a person that then you subjugate them so when they're ill they don't have the wherewithal to say fuck you call a doctor I feel like shit call and call an ambulance to be like well, you're right mama I'm so sick whatever you think even though you're in your 30s it's similar to Munchausen by proxy mm-hmm. pretty I mean, much That's we, we what saw they... that
1: with Gypsy Rose her mom told her she was she would die if she ate sugar, that she mm-hmm. had all these bone conditions. So her bones would easily break if she did anything like jump in a trampoline or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's a form of control and yep. th- the same with mothers or parents. It's typically mothers that do that suffer from Munchausen. You want your child to need you and be the only one that they depend on. And Sharon and her had this. Uh, I don't want to say unhealthy relationship. I don't know if it was or not, but definitely the lines are blurred between a parent child relationship and being best friends. Mm-hmm. Brittany was her financial provider. She, they lived together. I mean, so mm-hmm. when you see that your daughter is so much more successful than you and mm-hmm. is paying for everything, it's not, It's not crazy to think you would want her to still need you and maybe perpetuate some kind of notion that she does, even if it's unhealthy and medically related.
0: Well, and also kind of like if what Angelo said was true of that, Brittany and Simon wanted to have a baby or wanted to move somewhere else and and leave Sharon behind Mm -hmm. the idea of like, well, if she's sick, she can't leave me. And if she's sick, she can't have a baby and replace me. Yeah.
1: How will you take care of a baby with your heart? You're going to need me there to babysit. Mm hmm. The tox report did show evidence of methamphetamine in her system, according to the show Autopsy. However, this type of methamphetamine was due to an inhaler meant to open up airways. One issue with this is that she was not an asthmatic and was never prescribed an inhaler. In addition, she had been taking several other medications, only half of which were actually prescribed to her.
0: Yeah, this is you're not supposed to take other people's inhaler, no. and especially when you have a lung infection, as we'll see. yeah. I think if you think that you need an
1: inhaler, go to the doctor and get the doctor to prescribe you an inhaler. Mm Mm-hmm. Overall, 14 different drugs were found in her system. Another report showed an additional 10 chemicals in her body. Among those were barbiturates, hydrocodone, clonopin, and four different types of benzodiazepam, also known as Valium. Dr. Shepard called the amounts of medication in her system at the time of her death. Truly astonishing. Additionally, Eddie Bubar, Brittany's pharmacist, told the show Autopsy that Brittany and Sharon had more medication than I do and I own the pharmacy. Bubar was aware that Sharon Murphy used multiple aliases to order prescription medications for Brittany in order to maintain her anonymity. However, the amount of prescriptions being filled was entirely too much, according to him. OK Magazine reported that Sharon would visit up to six different pharmacies to obtain prescriptions for everyone in the family. Simon's mother, Linda, even observed that Sharon took multiple prescription medications and created a culture where freely taking prescription meds was normalized. Simon's autopsy revealed that he was also taking numerous types of prescription drugs.
0: They also talked about the psychology of that, that you may not take a bump of cocaine on a movie set, but you'll reach in your purse and take your husband's. Uh, what if She was taking his seizure medicine sure. to calm down. And like we talked like, about on the last episode, uh, they're, they're both bad. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. which is worse, but
1: I mean, just because something is prescribed to you, or in this case, not even prescribed to you, it's just a prescription to someone else, it, it can still be an extremely addictive drug that you can form th- an addiction to, and that will eventually kill you. Just because you're not going to somebody in a dark alley to buy it doesn't mean that it's not bad for you.
0: That's a very good way to put it. She had a car, a significant car accident in her early years, in mm-hmm. her t- late teens or 20s, That for which she took like continuously took hydrocodone and there's you i'm not a doctor but yet there's usually yet well i technically in texas i am but only douchebags are like my doctorate degree no one says that but i'm not allowed to prescribe stuff but uh, you know enough about um prescription drug abuse to know that If you're given a heavy drug like that, like hydrocodone, that's a highly addictive drug and you build up a tolerance, you're going to take more and more and more and more and more throughout your life versus maybe physical therapy, maybe a surgery, maybe acupuncture, you know, or finding other less, um, less chemical ways to handle it versus, I mean, some people do some people, you know what, you're chronically in pain. I hope they give you a weed card because I feel like that's safer, (laughs) But she was on one, you know, even if she was prescribed hydrocodone for this back problem, she was also on literally 13 other things that she wasn't supposed to be on. Sure. Well, and if she's in a car accident in 1995, there's no reason
1: that many years later she should still be taking that. Unless, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, what doctor is either continuing to refill this prescription Because I've had hydrocodone before, and Mm -hmm. there's a finite date on it where they won't prescribe it to you after that. And even if you call to try and get it prescribed, they're like, "Uh, you're going to have to come back in. We're going to have to see reason for this. Like, they won't just Mm -hmm. refill uh, opioids and stuff like that unless maybe you're a celebrity. I don't know. I'm not a celebrity. Maybe the rules are different for celebrities. But also, her mom's going to six different pharmacies, and this is another very common thing addicts do. She's got Dr. Shop aliases all over the freaking yes yeah, so, and you know the left hand and talking to the right hand one pharmacist doesn't know that she just got this prescri- refilled at their pharmacy you know and they shouldn't be giving her another 60 pills for the next month or whatever so she's just got a, I mean a treasure
0: trove of drugs and they're all taking scoops out of the pill bucket and just taking because they're all taking each other stuff too yeah and the Home video show
1: from the police investigation and stuff that on what was Brittany's side of the bed on the nightstand and Sharon ended up sleeping there. And they everything I read was like there was no sexual relationship going on between Simon and Sharon. I really don't think there was. I think she, mm-hmm. she was grieving. they were both grieving. they were both fucked up. And it was just a way for her to process that being in the bed that her daughter used to sleep in but on the nightstand there were tons of pill bottles that said sharon monjack Mm -hmm. so you know that's just another she's got sharon murphy sharon monjack she's using all sorts of names to get these different pills filled but also eddie Boobar, what are you doing he was just saying yeah you're saying you know that this is wrong and she's got all these well
0: somebody's got to put a stop to it I it know. seems like, like you it should be the one filling the drugs. I don't I, know. Would, he was like, "You shouldn't take all these. You shouldn't take all these medicines." No. I'm like, "But you gave it to them." But then then it's just like, ask. yeah. Then don't give it to her. I don't know. It, he it's asked crazy. Nicely, but you did say something, and I just want to. I'm shocked right now. Are you saying celebrities get special treatment? You know, as I said, Heather, I'm not one, so I
1: don't know. <laughs> but I, know. I imagine that they do um, someday.
0: <laughs> Some some do. I think so. Yes, they can just get whatever drugs they want. Unfortunately, I just can't imagine being a professional, you know, like Michael Jackson's doctor or any doctor like that, where it, as much as you want to be liked and as much as you want to be paid, you're going to kill a person. Mm-hmm. Like You're going to kill someone.
1: Yeah, it's a uh... You gotta look yourself in the mirror and go to sleep at night being okay with that. And that's Mm -hmm. no pun intended. A heavy pill to take. A heavy pill to swallow. Cause I don't, uh, thank you. I, no amount of money is gonna keep your ass out of jail. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Let's look at OJ. (laughs) That's not true at all. A lot of money. Again, celebrities, same rules don't always apply to them, but it's certainly not going to, um, Race the thought,
0: or the race, the fact that I helped kill this person. I mean, pretty much you, you're if not legally, you know, as far like criminally responsible, you could be like uh, Michael Jackson's family, and they sued him for wrongful death. So it's like, yeah, and and then even then, morally, you're responsible. Even if you know the lawsuit gets tossed or you win, you still have to go to bed at night being like, I killed someone. <laughs> I just read this article last night about. This
1: couple in Fort Worth that have this – this actually happened in 2017, but I think the trial is now coming up. They um, owned a uh, medical, like, rehabilitation practice together, and they were being investigated for fraud because they had submitted, like, 100,000 claims for tens of millions of dollars that they had – um had patients do all of these things when none of it was done, and they were like telling telling patients that they kind of had things wrong with them that they didn't, so they would pay to have these like ex- expensive injections and all this stuff well the, the karma part of this is the woman went out into her outside fireplace at their mansion, put all of these uh documents that uh ac- that clearly like implicated implicated them into the fireplace lit it on fire, walked away, burned their mansion down. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and then when the fire department and the police show up, there's still full copies of these documents in the <laughs> fireplace that hadn't even been burned. So they're like, uh well, now you've lost your house and you're going to jail. You know what? I think that's the situation.
0: You played yourself.
1: <laughs> you totally played yourself. And I'm like, who oh, just no. puts a bunch of like l- documents that you're trying to get rid of into a fire and then just casually walks away? Wouldn't you stand there making sure that every last little particle of that paper got burned up?
0: Are we, I'm sorry, are we like in a Berenstein versus Berenstain universe where (laughs) fucking shredders don't exist? Yeah, dude. I don't know. This
1: was a very Fort Worth high society rich (laughs) move where she's, she saw it on dramatic Dallas or something and was like, I'm going to burn the other day. Yes. It was, I'm surprised it wasn't in their like Victorian living room and, and (sighs) their wood burning fireplace or whatever. But yeah, I'm like, um, so uh yeah, I don't remember how I was tying that back to this, but it, uh, might, we're it made me think about of it. getting in
0: trouble. Doctors doing crimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and their trials coming up now and you know,
0: I hope that um they're sued for a lot of freaking money. You know, that's a friend of mine from law school does uh defense on that on the side of that where doctors are accused of like Medicare, Medicaid fraud and that's stuff. That's what it was. And- it was all this Medicare, Medicaid and like Tricare
1: fraud. Like they would submitted mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of claims to get all these payouts that did not exist,
0: and it's one of those where like the system is overburdened, but also there is algorithms now to catch it, and you go to jail for that. Like it's yeah. you're it's you're stealing money from the government. You're gonna go to jail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very fascinating. Well, and they also completely lied to their patients and were having them. Yes. Like telling
1: them like, oh, you have this wrong with you. You need to get this type of injection and stuff and having them do like all these unnecessary procedures and um like rehab stuff so they could bill for it. But it was mm-hmm. totally unnecessary. Or they would just bill for stuff that they hadn't even had their patients do. That but is, there's a again, special like, place in health for yes, people like and that. And how do you go to sleep in your $7 million mansion at night and be okay with yourself? Well, you can't because it's burned down. <laughs> now they're sleeping on a pile of ashes. But yeah. before, but yeah. I mean, that's, I I can't. There's lies that you I'm, tell yourself. I guess that has to be it. Because mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm not the type of person that can understand that. Because I don't mm-hmm. ever want to be okay with morally compromising myself for the sake of money. But Mm-mm. so many do. And I guess, I guess in... But also, I'm like, this is a couple, and they know what they're doing. Do they talk about this? Like, or do you just act like it's not going on? You know what I mean? Like, is it just this constant dark secret and elephant in the room? Like, I they there had to have been a conversation where she's like, Tad, I'm taking the documents. I'm going out to the back fireplace. And, you know, just like, they have to know what they're doing. Yeah. I just, it's so wild to me that... People think they can get away with that stuff. And I guess mm-hmm. you get to a point where you're just like, you've been doing it for so long and you're so arrogant
0: that you think you're untouchable. Yeah, for I think that's probably what it is, too. And you may tell yourself, oh, well, you know, Mrs. Jones, she had a bad back and now she doesn't really have one. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to get steroid shots. She'll feel she'll be OK. It's not going to hurt her and it'll be, okay. you know, like they're not it's not to say that they're any good but it's you know dr death style where he was like killing people or like severing their spinal cords he was awful too but maybe they at least thought they were doing if not doing good at least not doing harm you know they're but they not- were also billing medicare
1: for for procedures they straight up knew they weren't having their patients do and oh, no, getting they were paid out stealing.
0: millions of dollars for it yeah, yeah they are straight stealing. up stealing yeah it's crazy it was like you just take a penny from the bucket the, the one for the the children no 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 the other bucket the take a penny <laughs> everyone takes pennies from that bucket yeah like no you can't just take money from the government well everyone does no no that's not how it works wow man If everyone jumped off a bridge exactly would if you everyone committed
1: medicare fraud <laughs> Well, some believe that the deaths of Brittany and Simon were less influenced by what they were putting into their bodies and instead caused by the unhealthy and rundown conditions of their house. Linda Bonjack claimed mold was growing up by the windows in Brittany and Simon's bedroom, calling the mold. Horrific. The windows had also been taped shut, allowing no air inside. Don't know why you would do that. Par- I think paranoia. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I think they were paranoid. During the autopsies of both Brittany and Simon, Ed Winter specifically looked for evidence of mold, but did not find anything, according to The Hollywood Reporter. In an interview with the magazine, Winter also said that at the time of Simon's death, Sharon Murphy assured him mold was not the cause of her son-in-law's or daughter's death, and even denied the coroner's request to have the house inspected by the L.A. Health Department.
0: I don't know why you wouldn't just let him look.
1: Yep. There's a lot of questions I have about her behavior, starting with she didn't want the autopsy performed on her daughter. You don't want the cops or a coroner or somebody coming in and possibly piecing together what may have happened. I personally would want anything done to see, mm-hmm. get some answers and get to the bottom of it.
0: I mean, and you would, if if they did do an investigation and find out it was mold, then... You wouldn't be able to bring your daughter back, but you would say, oh, well, it was nothing I could have done. I didn't do that. You know, it may be personally absolve yourself emotionally, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know why she said no. Also, she's still living in the house. Wouldn't you want to know if yes. maybe I shouldn't be since Number two people one. just died here? Two out of three. You know, the security guard's like, I'm going to need hazard pay. People keep <laughs> dying like, in this house. Out. I'm, I'm gone. Jesus. While Sharon
1: initially claimed that reports attributing her daughter and son-in-law's death to mold were absurd. That all seemed to change in December of 2011 when Sharon attempted to put the five-bedroom 8,000-square-foot home on the market. It was then that Sharon claimed she discovered that mold was in fact an issue and decided to file a lawsuit against the attorneys so that represented her in a 2009 suit against the builders of the home, according to The Hollywood Reporter. In fact, construction issues with the house dated back to 2006 when Brittany Murphy's corporation, The Nina Bao Trust initially sued the builders of the home for numerous construction issues, including persistent leaky pipes.
0: Well, it's a
1: money pit. Britney Spears left for a good reason. In the 2011 complaint, as The Hollywood Reporter states, Sharon charged the firm of Steiner & Lebo with legal malpractice, breach of contract and breach of fiduciary duty for not properly informing her that when she accepted the final settlement of $600,000 in the earlier lawsuit against a construction company, she was giving up her right to sue for the wrongful death of her daughter due to the presence of mold. In 2013, an out-of-court
0: settlement was eventually reached. No
1: information on the terms were made available to the public.
0: I mean, here's the thing. When you settle a lawsuit, a thousand percent, those lawyers sat in a conference room with this woman and said, Here's what is going to happen if you take this money. We can sue them and you might lose. But if you take this check for $600,000, it means anything that happened because of what they did, you cannot sue them for anything that happened. And she went, OK, give me the check. You know, And people- she claims that they did not
1: tell her that, that she that they never that she claims that they should have known um, that her. That her all all would happen with her daughter and, mm-hmm. and Simon and everything, and that they should have told her, no, you shouldn't take this settlement because
0: you will not be able to then go back and sue them for the mold stuff. I mean, it's a law law firm that sues people. They're always thinking. Uh, honestly, in in simple like NDAs, I don't like I don't let my clients sign an NDA that says. And we release you from anything or any claims that we may have against you in the future. I'm like hell no. I don't. I can't tell the future. I'm not releasing that. Now in this case, if it's choose the six hundred dollars, six hundred thousand dollars, or sign the thing that says you release them from claims, you just for damn sure tell your client this is precluding you from anything that you're going to be able to sue these people for. So, and I'm sure they gave her some money because she was. Like, oh, Oh, yeah, I was high on medicine, or I was pissed off, or I wasn't paying attention, or show me in writing where you told me that. And they're like, well, we did it in the conference room and we didn't record it. You know, they didn't do it on paper or something, so they couldn't prove it. So then you get into a lawyer word versus her word and stuff like that. So that's probably why they settled it. And they also, if it's a legal malpractice claim, they probably paid it out of their insurance. But it's, there's, in my mind, that is insane that to think that it's it's unrealistic to think that a, Law firm would not explain the terms of a settlement that significant to, especially to a high profile client like that.
1: Yeah. It's also insane that since 2006, they were having, when Brittany was alive and well, they were having issues with this house, including leaky pipes, which I'm no plumber or construction worker, but I assume leads to mold. Mm -hmm. And, and for years, they're adamant that Simon's saying, no, I had this respected company come out and they said it's fine to live here. You know, she's she doesn't want the coroner to come in and and investigate it yet. But then all of a sudden, when she tries to put this house on the market and maybe Mm -hmm. it's not selling, now it becomes an issue. Seems kind of convenient. Interesting. While Sharon was adamant that toxic mold killed her daughter, the autopsy report showed no evidence of mold or fungi anywhere in Brittany's body or lungs. Dr. Shepard conceded that though the mole didn't completely kill her, it could have contributed to her inability to breathe or exacerbated her chest infection. The bacteria in her lungs was Staphylococcus aureus. It is the bacteria that commonly occurs on the skin and causes pus and pimples, according to Dr. Shepard. He believes that Brittany got a viral infection that damaged her lungs. Once her lungs were weakened, this allowed the Staphylococcus to pass down her airways and cause severe pneumonia. This combined with the cough suppressant she was taking caused her to be unable to productively cough and get the bacteria out of her lungs. Working together, this created a massive chest infection.
0: She was also taking the inhaler which then opens up your lungs which allows the liquid to droop down further into your and you basically just have like all this lung fluid that you can't cough out because you've taken a cough suppressant because you don't want to cough. You're drowning. So when she goes, yeah, she's like going she was drowning and when she went out to the balcony to try to cough and then passes out. I mean, she's not getting oxygen because her lungs can't suck. They can't bring in air because it's filled with liquid and infection, which if you have an untreated infection or an infection, just go to the doctor. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's
1: maddening. What's what's so maddening about this is it all was so preventable. Yes. One trip to the doctor and she's probably still here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's so wasteful of a life. Mm hmm. With such a severe and untreated chest infection, Brittany then suffered from septicemia, or blood poisoning, which can be fatal. Dr. Shepard believes that had Brittany received intravenous antibiotics just a few days before her death, she could have recovered quickly. As sick as she was, by the time that the paramedics arrived, Dr. Shepard believes that there was nothing more the first responders or the doctors could have done.
0: It, her death is almost as if it was in like the 1800s. I've been doing a lot yeah, of ancestry. Yeah, yeah. lot of ancestry.com obsessed getting way in there but I've seen death certificates and there's so many times it's like pneumonia septicemia pneumonia and you're 32 because that's how long people lived back then for sure that's what my sister said oh this one ancestor of ours she she was only 50 when she died and I was like yeah her death certificate also had like 16 things listed on the cause of death that's (laughs) also like 100 in today's (laughs) terms I was like "Mm, it was 1894 like she'd lived she'd had her go she had a long
1: life back then yeah then you
0: see some of where they're like, he lived to be 106. And I was like, yeah, he chewed tree bark and tobacco <laughs> and it kept him alive. yeah But you know, stuff like this is where modern medicine, antibiotics, just taking a chest x ray and being like, holy shit, you have a bunch of fluid in your lungs. We're going to, they can literally, they did it to my dad. They can take a needle, stick it in your lung, and suck the fluid out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good, but it's it solves It'll, the problem. It can save your life. It yeah. saves your life. And again,
1: she's a famous celebrity. Like, do you know how many people that have something like this wrong with them that have no insurance and no money, like, Mm -hmm. would would love to be in a situation where they could just go to the doctor and get this taken care of? It's the only thing I can. The only logical explanation to me is they were also fucked up on drugs that Mm -hmm. they just weren't making rational decisions.
0: Yeah, and that must be it. Because the other thing is, it's not like once you know, now that they they did the autopsy and they looked and they're like, okay, the infection she had just kind of a viral cold, a common kind of cold, and then something from the skin got in and caused the bacterial infection. It's not like she had some embarrassing disease or something crazy that was, or that she was, oh my god, she's overdosing on heroin. We can't call the cops. She had a fucking upper respiratory infection. Everybody gets those all the time. Like, take her to the doctor. Yeah. So it's strange, but I think you're right that there's there was a impaired judgment on the part of everybody in the house maybe also stuff with
1: simon and his reputation around town and how and just people thought he was abusing her emotionally and mentally and stuff and controlling her that might be why a doctor wasn't called or that they didn't want to like exacerbate people's perception of him or you know like kind of be in the the media about this stuff but it just seems like such a small i mean would you have been in the news maybe for yeah. a couple of weeks till something more interesting comes along you'd still have your fucking life right now
0: though Hmm. that's what like imagine your things pass Exactly. Well, and you say, oh, I'm so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed about being sick or I don't want the media to think I poisoned her or made her sick. So we'll just let her lay in the bed and die. It's like what and what universe is your reputation and feelings more important than the life of your spouse or son-in-law? Yeah, totally. When Simon passed away, his autopsy revealed that he
1: suffered from the same infection of Staphylococcus aureus that Brittany had. Though Brittany's dad claims that the two dying of the same thing several months apart is impossible. Dr. Shepard believes that because Brittany and Simon lived similar lifestyles, the similar causes of death are unremarkable.
0: Yeah, he said, you know, if it was he moved out of the house and then went and moved into a new apartment and then died of the same thing, that's kind of weird. But he slept in the exact same bed, touched all the exact same things. It's not like they went through and super sanitized the house after she died. Took the same drugs. They're all taking the same drugs. Oh yes. They're eating the same
1: foods and stuff. Mm-hmm. What, What is, and I'm not saying she had a hand in this or not, but it is weird that Sharon was okay. That is what the Bertolotti family ha- has to say about I, it. Is... I, 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 well, we'll get into it when, so what do we think? But yeah, I'm just yeah. saying it's weird. I'm not saying she's responsible. Mm-hmm. Sharon eventually sold the home in which she lost both her daughter and son-in-law for $2.7 million in 2011. Afterwards, she largely stayed out of the limelight, refusing to comment anymore on the death of Brittany or Simon. In 2013, however, she broke her silence, pinning an open letter to The Hollywood Reporter in response to Angelo Bertolotti's accusations that she murdered their daughter. In the letter, Sharon wrote that in regards to the manner of Brittany's death,
0: We will never know for sure. However, we do know the Los Angeles County coroner did extensive tests and found that she died of natural causes. And now she's a real living angel in heaven.
1: Angelo Bertolotti passed away in January of 2019 after suffering a stroke. He was 92 years old. His son and Brittany's half-brother, Tony, said his father was obsessed with finding out the truth,
0: telling NewsHub, My father was up to it like a hound dog, but then he got sick and had a stroke. Until his dying day, he was obsessed with finding out what happened. But we couldn't find anything. Like many, Tony does not believe that Brittany
1: Murphy died of natural causes and thinks something more sinister was at work, calling his
0: sister's death one of the biggest conspiracies in Hollywood, according to News Hub. He went on to say, Someday, someone might find something, but it won't be me or my other brother. We're too old for that now. Well. What do we think? How do you think she died? Well, I definitely think she, it was the compiling of issues, starting with the viral infection. Then she got the staph infection from living in a filthy house that got into her lungs, which normally you'd be able to fight it off. your It wouldn't get into your lungs because your lungs are healthy, but hers were compromised. And then she's taking all the drugs, so it traps the infection. So then it gets worse. And then no one takes her to the doctor. So she's, in essence, a prisoner in her own home. Because she's too mm-hmm. weak to stand, much less grab a phone. And then she's been mentally trained to think that she's too weak to help herself and she's got to rely on her mom. So then you're sort of a, pr- a prisoner in your own home, stuck there, and don't have the mental wherewithal to-, to just ask for help and say, take me to the doctor, please, God, somebody. And so, you know, Simon and the three of them were like a little trifecta. Like, they were super close. So I would say, normally, if you have a husband and wife, And say the mom comes and moves in and the husband goes off to work every day and the wife is super sick and the mom refuses to get her medical treatment or, you know, the husband's off on vacation or something and comes home and is like, oh, my God, you killed my wife by being negligent. You know, he could, in theory, sue her kind of for, you know, wrongful death or causing the death or whatever. But in this case, like they were kind of all in cahoots together, like Simon and Sharon both failed her, just just deeply, deeply failed her, like whether it was. Personal, oh, you know, I don't want the paparazzi to look at you. I don't want. It's like she, there was something embarrassing to take her to the fucking doctor. So they failed her. But then there's re, the pe- the people that failed her are the ones that represent her estate and her interests. So then it's like, well, who are you going to go after? Like, who's there to go after her? And less, and she was an adult by all means, and in theory had the ability to take care of herself. So then it, d- she chose not to go to the doctor. You can refuse medical advice and or refuse medical treatment, and that's fine. So it doesn't really it doesn't rise to criminal level and in this case then there's no one to sue civilly so you just have what's i would say two people that have caused this woman's death simon monjack and her mother sharon absolutely caused her death through their inaction and their uh, hubris of thinking that they were doctors or pharmacists or something they 100 percent caused her death are they legally responsible I don't think so, unfortunately. And, you know, obviously not civilly responsible. And then Sharon turned around and did the same fucking thing to Simon. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I mean, I guess she had a good relationship with Linda. But shit, if I was Linda Monja, I'd sue that bitch. she would be like, you... Yeah. My, my son literally said, please, please help me. I said, please help him. And you failed to help him. Like, you caused his death. And you have it on recording that he's yeah. trying to
1: get help. And, uh, yeah, I I haven't ever seen anything where... In fact, I did read that after that phone call where Sharon called to say your son's dead. That was the last that Linda ever oh, wow. heard from her. Wow. So but I agree that I think uh some suing would be happening if I if I was Linda, for sure. Second question. Do you think there was any malicious intent on Sharon's part by not getting her daughter help? Do you think it was th- intentional?
0: Well, I do wonder, because Angelo Bertolotti mentioned that if what he said was true, if they had told her, we plan to leave you, we plan to, it'll just be the two of us, we're going to have a baby, you need to figure out money on your own, it's not our problem. And if Sharon said, oh, we need to redo your paperwork or something, because there's no other reason, like, why? if there was a newly executed will that left Simon out, then I would say there is something... There is motive. Then you have motive. I don't know that that's the only evidence I've seen of that is just from Angela Bertolotti saying that that was the case. Yeah. But if we are to take that as true, I would say she had a real good reason not to take her to the doctor. So it would be up to Brittany's family, Tony and this other brother,
1: who say we're kind of done messing with this at this point. We're too old to
0: hire someone, lawyers and stuff to to sue Sharon for wrongful death. Yeah. And, you know, I'd have to look at the statute in California and see what it all entailed. But you and then you would have to prove that she was negligent and that she should have stepped in and which I think she was. I mean, she think that's kind of easy to prove. It's a slam dunk. So uh, yeah. And how much was left of the estate? Like, what did she sell? I mean, obviously she sold the house for a a loss. They bought it for 3.5 and sold Mm -hmm. it. She sold it for 2.7. But there was, she's still getting her checks. I mean, when you die and you're a, a, a movie star or singer or whatever, they still send the residual checks to the estate of, and she's yeah. the only recipient. So I wonder yeah. what Simon's will and stuff said. Although, I mean, knowing him, he probably died worth negative amounts of money. But yeah. if he did have any money, if it would have gone, to, uh, you know, if his mom or if he wrote a will to Sharon or if she had him write a will, I mean, you never know. Yeah. I agree.
1: I think that the cause of death was definitely the uh, pharmacy worth of drugs that she was on that caused these various infections and uh, the mold, I'm sure, exacerbated the situation as well. Do I think Simon and Sharon, because a lot of people also think that Simon was behind this and Mm -hmm. that, you know, he was just with her to... Get his visa to stay in the country and to get into this mansion and, and get her money and stuff. The fact if the will thing is true, if he was not going to be left anything, it seems like he would have less motive to do something mm-hmm. unless unless he was pissed about that. And that's his motive. I don't know. But true. I was
0: just saying you'd think you, if it's your cash cow, you'd want
1: to keep her alive. Yeah. So she can do more movies. Yeah. I don't think that he I don't think that Sharon or him had intent to kill her but i think their lack of involvement and refusal to get her medical help did kill her
0: directly contributed to and if not caused her death because for days it's not like she was struck with something suddenly and then passed out on the ground and they're like should we call maybe i don't know i mean for days she was in and out of consciousness ill and they were pumping her full of shit that was not prescribed to her yeah and yeah. mr so, fuck simon liar monjack who goes oh well she was only on holistic remedies guess what dumbass they're gonna take a blood sample they can see what she was on and it was a bunch of non i don't know that you can go into a garden and pick up a bunch of benzodiazepam that's anywhere it comes no from. i think we see a lot Boobar. more people with gardens if if that was the case <laughs> i think so be gardens all... lying in the streets <laughs> like <laughs> everyone's suddenly taking up gardening because you need a hydrocodone bush it's great <laughs> it's all natural it's from the ground no they yeah. were all going to fast steady boobar getting a freaking, yep, exactly. 50, different prescription gunslinger boobar over there and i think that i agree
1: with dr Shepard that it's not remarkable that mm-hmm. simon would have died from the same thing given the fact that they had i mean it's it's i would equate it to a heroin addict dies and then their spouse who is also a heroin addict dies five months
0: later mm-hmm. like or you no, see a, in on very unfortunate situations where housing tracks like subdivisions are built around there was i think it was outside of houston it was a water bottle plastic water bottle petroleum refinery where they make the water bottles that it seeps into the soil and like Mm -hmm. everybody there has leukemia or lymphoma or cancer or whatever so then it's not like what's so weird that three people in the same house all got a disease it's like no there's environmental factors that clearly led to it and then you know you may have four people that live in the house and three of them get the cancer and one of them doesn't so that may be the situation with sharon is that whatever genes Brittany got from the Bertolotti side is what caused her to get the, you know, pneumonia or whatever and die. And Sharon, the Murphy genes were strong enough and she didn't get it or whatever. Yeah.
1: And maybe Sharon wasn't on as many drugs as the other two, you know, or different ones. Yeah. And she hadn't been sleeping in that room as long as Brittany. I mean, she who knows when she moved in there after she died and how long she was exposed to that mold and everything. But if she had been living in that same bedroom and definitely taken the same cocktail as the other two and didn't die, I would be like, well, that's super mm-hmm. weird. But, you know, I mean, sometimes that's just how it Body. works. Bodies yeah. are different. Exactly. Chemical. Yeah, yep. Just stacks of meat filled with chemicals. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And I think Simon, one reason his whole thing was sped up was just, and his mother was like, or Sharon said, I think he died of heartbreak. i don't think you can uh, scientifically die of heartbreak, but I think that his grief and everything exacerbated the, he was very unhealthy, very bloated and just downward spiral sped up maybe the inevitable.
0: Yeah. Just took even more drugs than he was already taking or spending more time on his back or sleeping. And yeah, his, he had, Brittany was like, she was struck with the illness and then got really, really sick. He would just had a bunch of crap wrong with him. Yeah. And his yeah. mom was just like, yeah, the last five years of his life, he was bad. He just You just look sick. You look at him and you're like, damn, you got something yeah. wrong with you. No, I mean, even in pictures where they were first together that
1: you, you'll see, he has never looked like the picture of health.
0: No, no. He was, at first, not that he was ever handsome, but his mom's like, well, you know, he was dashing and he was a dashing businessman. And like, At first, you're like, I mean, he's not totally disgusting looking, but towards the end, he looked constantly sweaty. His hair was thinning. His clothes were super tight. He just always looked moist. It's like he was struggling. Yeah. He looked like a a mister was constantly hovering around him. One of those fans.
1: Yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think. Thank you for listening to this two-parter I mm-hmm. I uh I didn't know a ton about this, so it was interesting to research it and kind of... Because, you know, again, like we've talked about so many times, you just see these sensational headlines from the media that's like, Sharon Murphy kills her daughter for money, mm-hmm. and, you know, you just... You know, the whole Lifetime movie of why Angela was suing them was because it was just bombastic and not mm-hmm. factual and everything. And then you get into it and you're like, it seems like there was kind of a logical reason why this had logical in the sense of her health illogical mm-hmm. in the sense that this was completely preventable and two people that should have loved her more than anyone in the world just are responsible it's- for letting this happen. Totally failed her. They failed her. Super sad. Super sad. Well, RIP Brittany yeah. Murphy, we're huge fans and we'll watch uh drop
0: dead gorgeous in your honor this yes, weekend. We'll watch all your movies except for the sexual penguin movie which so i wasn't wrong
1: no no after christy Christy bingling happy
0: feet and then uh one of our listeners slash i think technically we're cousins but taylor sent me a super cut of the youtube and it was these penguins they're like doing 69ing missionary doggy style but they're like slipping down the, an ice luge kind of thing and they're falling into these positions going uh, oh uh, 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 and wait, like, oh 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 wait was this what? was this was this real yes yeah this is really like- on the movie yeah, they're like, oh, excuse me, oh, sorry, oh, whoa, but, like, the positions that they're flipping But it's into...
1: obviously, a kid might not get what's going Correct. on, but any no. adult is like, what the
0: hell is happening? And it's it's one of those where I'm like, did you think that you were doing, like, a fun winky Pixar-like Yes, I think move? they do. And it was like, nope, this is more akin to, there's a penis on the cover of The Little Mermaid, like, what yeah, are you Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> do you remember okay. those? Yes, where yes, says, yes, sex. very much. It says, whoosh, sex in the clouds, or Yeah, like, all those jasmine Uh, says something dirty fun things yeah i think she's
1: or i think i think uh aladdin says aladdin says something dirty yeah to the cat to
0: the tiger the monkey tiger i think so he's like here kitty do you like sex or something it's always like that there's all these little easter egg conspiracy theories and all these disney movies and they have the naked person and the rescuers down under which was real oh i don't remember that one Mm -hmm. so rescuers mice hmm there were like mice that were i think detectives or i guess rescuers it's sort of in the title Oh yeah okay that makes sense well i feel vindicated that while i was
1: like i feel like these penguins are uh not kid friendly and turned it off that had i continued watching (laughs) i would have seen i was very much correct you're like these penguins are horny (laughs) We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show.
0: As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the ruling the airwaves tier, a special shout out on the show, a monthly bonus mini and Patreon-exclusive video and audio content, like our weekly Mix Bags, where we share three of our favorite things of the week. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon in the top right corner to join today. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top right corner.
1: For those that do wish to order merch, please know that our fulfillment company is currently experiencing up to six-week delays due to COVID-19. We sincerely apologize for the inconvenience and really appreciate everyone's patience that have not yet received their orders. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps
0: small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod and like us on Facebook at SinisterhoodChristy. I'm on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and
1: on Instagram at Christy and Wallace Heather. I'm on Instagram at Heather versus the world and on Twitter
0: at MCK versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Miranda Mastin. Rebecca Brown. NB. Jessica Prowl. Megan Walsh, Sabine Schneider, Bonnie Owens,
1: Emily Sutcliffe, Katie Bailey, Cassie Walker, Erin Tompkins, and Molly Tompkins. Thank you so much for supporting the show during these tough times. We sincerely appreciate you guys. We couldn't do this without you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Wahaha. Sinister